Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Pain-free childbirth, that's a myth, right? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 86 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and in today's episode, we will be walking with Laura through the lowest lows and the highest highs. I have been overwhelmed by the spiritual element of this podcast episode, and I feel confident that you will find it to be as beautiful and as inspiring as I do. You know, that's one thing that I have learned again and again through hosting this podcast is birth for so many is such a spiritual and faith-building event, and this is certainly the case of Laura in her story. She has definitely walked through such a difficult time and then seeing such light and beauty on the other side. I just cannot wait to share this story with you. But hey, before that, would you mind taking a screenshot of you listening to this episode? Share it on your Instagram stories, tagging Happy Home Birth Podcast, and I'll be sure to share it on mine as well. Okay, please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and neither one of us are medical professionals, so continue to see your doctor, your midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Laura, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Um, yes, I'm so excited to have you. I would love for you to start by introducing yourself to the listeners. All right. Well, my name is Laura, and I'm a mom of three little girls, five and under, and we live in the Atlanta area, my husband and I, and I stay at home with my kiddos, and we homeschool. So, Oh, very nice. Oh, that's so wonderful. So I would love for us to start at the beginning of your journey. What was your first pregnancy like and your first laboring experience? Yeah. So, um, my first pregnancy was actually unexpected. Um, I was freshly graduated from undergrad (laughs) in college and my husband and I just moved up to North Carolina and we thought, you know, we're just going to live here and do our adventure life for several years and like later on have kids, but we like got pregnant immediately. (laughs) And, um, so that was a big surprise to me because we were really living out in the middle of nowhere, like in an area where just like high adventure. And so um, I was like, all right, we got to move back home. So we actually moved in with my parents and um, we were able to like save up money to buy a house eventually. But during that time we lived with them and I just was uh, starting out with like conventional medical care because I didn't know anything about babies. I'd never even held a baby before. I didn't know anything about pregnancy. I was not prepared at all. And so I actually started... um, working as a nanny for a newborn <laughs> because I was like, I You're need so to get smart. some practice. <laughs> and so they were really sweet and actually trusted me, even though I had like no baby experience before. And so because he was a newborn, he took so many long naps and stuff throughout the day when I watched him. So I actually had lots of opportunity to read. And um, my cousin, she had just given birth and gave me all of her pregnancy and birth books and stuff. So I was like, oh, what the heck? I've not looked at anything about pregnancy. So I guess I could go ahead and start reading some of these books she gave me. And I was like 35 weeks pregnant and (laughs) thought, 
And I'm like, oh, oh, about a month away from my due date. So maybe I'll just give one of these a read. And actually read Ina May's um, Guide to Natural Childbirth. And wow. um, like I said, I was doing like very conventional medical care at that point. I thought, I'm just going to go in whenever I'm in labor and just let them do whatever, you know, they tell me to do at the hospital. And like, I'm open to whatever they say. I'm just going to follow their lead. And then after I read that book, it took me about a week to read it. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? So I felt so empowered and just confident. And so at that point, I guess it was 36 weeks, I actually changed providers to like a holistic midwifery practice in Atlanta and um, ended up having uh, like a a water birth at the hospital for my first labor and um, or for my first birth. And the the labor experience was, um, it was good. I feel like, um, you know, I got what I really wanted. I just, at that point in time, I really wanted a natural vaginal birth and was going for a water birth and all that happened. And I labored for about 17 hours. And I would say, you know, it was a really good experience. Like it was life-changing. I didn't have any bad traumatic things happen during that. It just was a long labor to me in my mind. I was like, I don't want to labor 17 hours again. But that is quite a time. I did actually want to have a home birth um, for that birth. Like after I read the Ina May book, I was like, I'm going to do this at home. I can do this and I want to. But because we moved in with my parents, they were like, no, you Uh, will go to the hospital. You will not birth at our house. In our home. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I definitely wanted to respect their wishes and um, since it was their space. And so it was kind of like at that point going forward, as long as we live at their house, it will not be an option for us to have a home birth. So, right. yeah. Well, that, oh gosh, I mean, I'm so happy that you were able to read that book before going into your experience, but I kind of feel for you in a way of like having to kind of wrap your mind around all of this different philosophy right there at the end. That's a lot. (laughs) It was, but yeah, I was so like thankful that I, I mean, like I said, I didn't even buy the book. It just kind of fell into my hands and Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't believe I didn't know any of this. Like no one told me, like I've never heard this from anybody. None of my, and I was young, so I didn't really have many friends that were giving birth either that I could talk to and relate to and stuff. Right. Um, so, yeah. Oh, gosh, that's such an amazing story. Well, so, okay, so with your next birth, though, were you in your parents' house or had you guys moved? And so for baby number two, we got pregnant. Let's see. I think I was 11 months postpartum with my first Mm-hmm. And so we actually planned to get pregnant with Ember. And, um, and so because we were still with my parents at that point, we knew it was going to be another hospital birth. And at this point in time, there was no birth center available in, it, in the Atlanta area. It wasn't open quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't an option to us either. So we actually went with the same uh, holistic midwifery practice and, and had another birth then. But the other kicker was that we barely made it to the hospital on time this time with, oh. um, with her birth. And so I was like scared almost because I thought I was going to have her in the car on the way there. And um, 
And I thought, I never want to put myself in a situation like that again, where mm. I could potentially have to like birth on the sidewalk in Atlanta or something Ugh. like at nighttime. And Welcome so- to the world, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was like another one. We had another wonderful birth experience, but it was just very fast. And mm. I think because in my mind, I thought, well, you know, 17 hours of labor, you know, this labor is going to have a while, you know, I've got a while. And so things just picked up really fast and intensified really, really fast that I almost was like scared of how fast things were, were going. And, um, and so then I had a lot of like pain because of that, like fear that was like, it was basically just a battle taking place in my mind and in my body of like, this is happening. But my mind was like, no, 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 no. Like this can't happen. This can't happen. This is like too fast. And so I was like trying to control it mentally and not let it go. But my body was like, nope, this is going. Right. And so, um, you know, after she was born, it was so incredible because I think it ended up being like a six hour labor and maybe three hours of active labor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember like, being a little scared after afterwards like for future births like thinking that was so intense like and I felt so much intensity that I almost am scared of like feeling that again even though the birth went well and it was very successful and like the women really supported me uh at the hospital so anyway I, I did have that fear like looming over me going into the next uh birth so I had right. to work through a lot of that. It's, and I wanted to ask you about that postpartum experience. I remember we, we had kind of discussed that that postpartum was not very simple for you, was it? No. Um, yeah, it's like everything started out normal. And it was odd because I recovered so quickly, you know, post baby number two physically. Um, I like bounced back so fast and I remember thinking, wow, like I'm really handling this all so much better than I even did with my first. And, but then it was almost like four, three, four, five months. And mentally I was like, just crashing. And like, it was like, I couldn't control my mind and I would just have these like repeated obsessive thoughts that were very dark and like negative and I just couldn't get out of it and so that made me even more scared so I was just like in this state of fear and anxiety and panic and um and so I I just like couldn't really understand it I couldn't understand what's going on and so you know like I started tweaking with my nutrition because I thought you know maybe something's off there and I I did like add some supplements in, and you know I was exercising a lot Um, and some of that helped, but it was like really just like this spiritual battle in a sense where I had to like, I'm almost thankful that I had to go through such a wild postpartum time because it, it made me have to like go back and face different things from my past that I had never wanted to face. And that's really like the types of things that were like popping up in my mind. It was like fears from those things that I had never wrestled with. And so, but it was like a really dark time. And like, I was having some really scary thoughts and, you know, I would bring them to my friends and family and my husband. They'd help me like process through that and talk through it. But 
there was like so much confession and grace and forgiveness and healing that took that took place but it was still like a really traumatic thing to go through like just to the depth and extent of things that I had to like bring up and face and like work through like you can't go around it you can't go below it you can't go above it you have to go through it and so <sighs> that's just what it was and I mean I'm glad that that I was willing to do the work and like face what I needed to face at that time. But um, yeah, I came out of it. <laughs> and right yes, when I and saw the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, that's when I found out I was unexpectedly pregnant. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> so I, before we jump to that, I, is there anything that you felt really helped you go through it or was it just that process of you know like you said confession grace healing speaking with your friends and your husband and your family was that was that the answer um yeah honestly i i never knew what grace really was before and so i like obviously grace is something that's undeserved it's just given to you as a gift and I never accepted that gift for myself because of like the standards that I wanted to stick to or like, you know, just no, like being upset with myself for things that I had done in the past or just, I was like, there's no way like I could accept myself. So who, how could someone else accept me if I can't even accept myself for the things that I feel wrong about? And so that's when I had to like take that leap of faith and basically be like, okay, like I'm going to start confessing these things and I, I feel like that's the right thing to do. And I just have to trust that through this confession, like I will like receive healing and like, like even if I'm not accepted, I have to accept myself basically. And so, um, it was like through that confession that was really powerful for me, like just having loved ones and my husband, for me to even say certain things too that I had never like, that had never seen the light of day in years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like love me and give me grace to it. Um, and just being like, wow, like I did these things that I think are terrible or that I'm just not proud of and give me so much pain, but they accepted me. And so it was just like, there's some kind of like healing power that took place just through the confession and acceptance and then the grace and, and then having to like choose to accept the grace for myself um, and forgive myself. And so it was really just like a, an eye-opening awareness, like self-awareness time of just, you know, being comfortable in my own skin of like who I am and where I've come from and not trying to deny like who I was in the past. But, um, and then that's how you move forward. So yes. Um, and receive the healing is like you have to go through all the steps of the process and not Mm -hmm. avoid one of them so yeah that's that is so encouraging Laura really I mean it's amazing to hear that and I am sure that that has affected your motherhood you know I'm sure that that has affected you on so many levels to have gone through that and to to accept that grace and now accepting grace, you're able to extend it. And that's, Oh gosh. Yeah. 
cool to hear. <laughs> and that's the big piece too, is just being like, oh my gosh, there's so much grace to give. Like, mm. ah, so yes, so true. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for sharing that. That was, that's such powerful stuff. Yeah. So you go through this and then you find out that you're pregnant unexpectedly with number three. Right. And, you know, like I said, it was like right at the time that I saw the light at the end of the tunnel, I would say I was like, I was coming out of it, but I wasn't 100% like Mm. emotionally, like normal feeling or like mentally normal at that point. It was like, I was really like taking these final steps to like walk out and feel. And so in my mind, I thought, man, you know, I'm so grateful that I've seen the light at the end of this tunnel, you know, I can't wait to have like at least a year to like walk in this new grace and just walk in this new like healing and, and feel like empowered mentally and emotionally and spiritually. And then I found out I was pregnant. And so I was like, Oh, all right. So at first I was super excited about finding out that I was pregnant. Um, just cause I was excited about, you know, new life and just, you know, it was a surprise. It was unexpected. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's amazing. But then about a couple weeks later, the reality of all the things I had just been through, like really set in for me and what being pregnant and giving birth and going through this postpartum phase again could potentially mean for me. Mm. And so I was very fearful and emotional and confused and just had a lot of doubts about the end. I was like, I, you know, I'm excited about being pregnant again, but Maybe, maybe the reason why, you know, mentally and emotionally I was so off was because I was depleted and now I'm going to be even more depleted. And, mm-hmm. you know, like what if postpartum, it's even worse this time because I'm even more depleted or, um, or just what if I have to go through this again? And it was like so fresh at that time, just like thinking about the trauma of like the emotional trauma of dealing with everything I just dealt with. Right. I just thought I can't do this again. Um, but obviously like I, I did the steps (laughs) that I needed to take for the healing of like, you know, confession and doing all these things. But I just thought, you know, what if I'm emotionally like just in this terrible place? And so that's when I was like, my gosh, you know, I thought I was in a starting to be in a really good place and I was getting very confident about that. And so I, I just realized like, nope, I am not there yet. And I've got some work to do. So basically I I had to like start digging myself into the truth again and, and just like insert myself in truth and speak truth over my life and over my mind. And um, there was a Bible verse that I really did cling to during that time. And it was Jeremiah 29, 11. And it's basically like, you know, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, and their plans for good and not to harm you, but to prosper you and give you hope in a future. And so I was like, okay, like I was able to get through that wild time, like clinging to truth and holding on to God and like putting my faith in him basically. And so I'm like, so why am I doubting now and getting so fearful and thinking that I've been abandoned? Mm -hmm. And I was like, this was unexpected. And so in my mind, like for me, I thought, you know, I did not plan this clearly. 
even though, you know, obviously, apparently there were, there was room there for things like that to happen. <laughs> Events happen, sure. <laughs> but I did not, like, we were not planning to. And so right. I just thought these were not my plans. And so, you know, to this verse to say, he has the plans and it's only for good. And if I've trusted in his goodness this long, and he's the one that I thought got me through that time, like, this is clearly his plan and, and I'm going with it. And so I was wow. like, his plans are always better than mine anyway. So I'm hopping on oh. board. And so it was like, from that point forward, I changed and thought, you know, I will still have doubts that will come and go and I'll still have fears that will come and go, but like I'm moving forward and I'm in full support of what's happening now. So, yeah. That's amazing. And so after that, you know, after that acceptance, what was the rest of your pregnancy like leading into, you know, time for labor? Yeah. So, um, I was super excited about the prospect of home birth because we had just moved, uh, into our own house that we bought, um, when baby number two was four months postpartum. So, mm. um, we were living in our own house and I thought, Oh my gosh, like, this is it. We get to have a home birth now. <laughs> and so, um, my husband and I were both on board, which was really exciting. And, um, you know, we financially, we were, uh, tight. And so that was like, a big determining factor with who we chose to go with. We mm -hmm. actually didn't do any like consultations with other midwives. I just called around for home birth mid midwives and found out who had the best price. And we said, <laughs> well, that's the one that we're going to do the consultation with. And if that doesn't work, then maybe we'll just do a birth center or stick with who we were with before. And right. so we went and the consultation was amazing. And we were like, Oh my gosh, this is happening. So, um, pregnancy went very well and, um, like things were very normal and good. And I, like I said, I still had to like build my faith up during that time and, and release some of those, um, fears that I had from Ember's birth, who would have been the last baby, um, just because of how, painful it was and intense it was and so I was like I won't like I don't want to go into this birth having those fears and thinking it's going to be painful and intense and I can't bear it I was mm -hmm. like I'm doing this at home and my goal for this birth at home was actually to have like a supernatural pain-free childbirth Wow. And I just wanted it to be spiritual. I felt like, you know, like with Heidi's birth, the first one, I really desired just to, you know, have a natural water birth. That was it. I was like, I just want that. And then I really wanted my second birth to be fast. And I got that. And I was like, it's a little different than I thought. Um, <laughs> but there was like some missing ingredients in that for me. I remember being kind of disappointed after baby number two thinking, you know, it was fast. It so was, but it wasn't spiritual. Like I didn't mm. even put my mind there at all. And that was right. a little sad to me because I was like, man, such a rich experience to, to be missing that key component for me. Mm. And so I was like, this time I'm not 
like necessarily like those things are nice but i just want it to be spiritually rich and just to be absorbed in his presence basically and so um there was you know to get to a place like that it's almost like you're just constantly releasing fears and like putting your faith where um your belief is and and um just like absorbing yourself in truth and you have to like really get to this place of trust because it's like if you don't trust you won't surrender and if you don't trust and surrender you won't find rest and so i just was like i have to find the rest like once i can rest like i'll know i'm going into this and like i'm going to be relaxed and confident and i can just surrender to this process and embrace it um so I just really wanted to embrace every ounce of it. And I think um, just through that faith building journey of that pregnancy, I, um, I felt more and more confident and loved and um, felt like I could trust because I was like, I'm in good hands. I'm in good hands. And there was like this song that I, I used to listen to. And it was called, life is a gift and the giver is good. And, um, and so that's kind of like just what I pondered on. I'm like, if the giver of life is good, you know, and life is a gift, like I'm a, I'm being in that process and like, I can trust that I'm in good hands. That the giver of life is good. And I'm like delivering that life that's been given to me. And so I'm like, I can trust in this process and like, I can let go and just let it happen. So there was a lot of just new perspectives that I had to take on and really learning how to let go of past experiences and like associations I had of birth if I really wanted this experience that I was hoping for. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, because I would find myself like obsessing over, you know, those fears sometimes of like, well, it went like this last time. So why do you think it would go any differently? Like, da, 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 da. And I'm like, if I'm desiring this certain experience, like, why do I keep holding on to the experience that I don't want? Mm. Like, why can't I create space for the experience that I do want? I have to let go of that other one. Right. And, and just know that there are new things that can happen and, and like, just leave room for it. And so, yeah. I love that. And I just love how bold your desire was, you know, like I want a supernatural spiritual birth. Like that is a bold desire. And even when there were times that you could have been like, oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe I won't get that. Maybe I don't deserve that. You stuck to it. So how did that actually play out? Yeah, <laughs> that was like the wildest part to me because so like, you know, part of what I wanted with that was pain free. And I mm. had like heard different women share their birth stories and read different birth stories about these women having spiritual and pain free birth experiences. And I thought I've never experienced that myself. Uh, but apparently it's possible. <laughs> people are having this experience. And, and so anyway, that was the piece, the pain-free piece that I'm like, I don't know how I can be in control of that, but I'm hoping for that still. 
And so anyway, when the time came, um, I was 10 days post due date. Um, so, you know, I had to go early. (laughs) (laughs) I had extra time for reflection and just meditating and prayer and, and all of that. But, um, yeah, I, I went into labor. We went for my husband and I took our kids for a walk and it was like a, probably like a three mile walk in the, in the summer morning. And, you know, at that point being 10 days post your date, you're kind of like slightly discouraged, but trying not to be because you're like, <laughs> oh man, this thing just needs to happen. So mm-hmm. I started feeling like Braxton's and stuff on our walk home. And I thought, well, that always happens to me anyway. So I'm not getting my hopes up. And um, we got home and I think it was like around lunchtime. It was like probably 11 a.m. And I was making lunch for the fam and I started having consistent rhythms like contractions. And, and I had one that was just kind of made me bend over a little bit when I was making lunch. And I was like, oh, oh this is happening. <laughs> and so I just got really excited and they just kept coming on and and I was just like so ecstatic because I was like, I can't believe it. Ten days passed and it's here. <laughs> and so um, anyway, so, you know, my um, we called my mom and she came and picked up our girls and took them over to her house. And um, and so then my husband and I were just kind of I was laboring on the couch downstairs and he put on some worship for worship music for me. I had already made like a playlist and um my sister-in-law came over and just sat with me and we were all kind of praying and just kind of listening to the music and stuff and talking through everything. And so then um, the contraction started picking up to where they're probably like every five minutes for going on for, I think like 30 minutes. So my midwife was like, all right, well, I'll just go ahead and head on over. She was like 45 minutes away. And so um, I was just like so at peace and so excited that this was happening. And I remember like just something coming over me of feeling so relaxed and just so like at peace about everything that was happening. And so the team came over and um, and they were just checking on me to see how I was doing and everything. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're smiling and you're doing well. And this looks good. Um, and then as things started to pick up, I was like, you know, kind of think maybe I should head upstairs now just cause that's where our bedroom was. And that's where, um, we had our birth pool set up and where we had planned to give birth at and stuff. And so I was like, I don't really want to give birth on my white couch. That wouldn't be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, we, we head upstairs and, you know, everybody transitions everything up there and. We've got the worship music playing up there. I think I, I went ahead and got into the pool and was worshiping and just very surrendered. But then I thought, yeah, I'm getting hot. So then I transitioned to the bed and um, they just kind of left my husband and I alone up there for a while. And we just continued to worship. And I remember just being so, felt so loved like just so grateful that these people even came to my house to support me and be there for me. And like, just so grateful about how relaxed I was feeling. And just, I just felt loved. And it was like, it just magnified the whole experience for the best thing ever. Like 
to be in a place of where you just feel loved and you're laboring, it's like so relaxing and just so how it's supposed to be. And so um, anyway, my water ended up breaking while I was on the bed. And I was like, oh, I want my midwife to come back in here. Maybe <laughs> I should get into the, into the birth pool again. And so um, they kind of helped me get into the birth pool. And um, yeah, like things really started to pick up. And I just like, I have a, I, I found the video today. I didn't even know there was a video that my midwife had mm -hmm. sent me or my husband of me like with my hands worshiping, like when the contractions would come. And so it was like, when the contractions would come, I would just lift my hands up and surrender basically. And just be in this like surrendered place. And I remember telling my husband like, I need you to pray out loud over me so everyone in this room can hear you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was funny because I remember afterwards he told me, yeah, I felt a little uncomfortable doing that, <laughs> but, you know, then I got used to it, obviously, but, um, and so then, like, and my midwife, would she, she would just rub my back and pray over me, too, and it was just, like, this environment of, like, worship and surrender and love, and, and then, you know, as things got more intense, it took me into, like, a deeper place, and, like, while I would be contracting, I had this visual of basically me on a river and I'm like floating, just like surrendered, letting myself go. And the water's like holding me up. And I was just like floating down this river and letting it take me wherever it wanted, basically. And like mm -hmm. the way I saw that was like, there's like this book I, I read called Surrender to Love. And it talks about how like if you're surrendering to love, it's like, you know, floating on water, basically, like you can't sit there and try to strive to float. It doesn't work. Like you have to just let go to let the water like uphold you. And so I just like imagine that that water was just like love. Like I saw oh, it as God's love, just like lifting me up and carrying me where I needed to go and, and that I could just let go and not have to strive. And so I would just see that and I remember just smiling and being so happy and just like feeling this presence and feeling this grace and love. And throughout this whole time, I never experienced any pain. Like I, um, I was really breathing and focused on that. Um, I, I did read hypnobirthing, like I think for my second time being pregnant. Um, but I didn't use any of the techniques of that when <laughs> that birth happened. But I would say just like through hypnobirthing, breathing baby down to crowning is like huge and so that was like a big thing for me I just wanted to breathe the baby down and like let it happen in its own time and so it was just this visualization and combination with um, like just breathing the baby and not like forcing anything to happen when it shouldn't yet and so um yeah as things started to pick up even more I just kind of sat back kind of into like a low squatting position and I'd really just breathe the baby down and um like there was no pushing it was like my body was doing it itself and I just remember thinking this is amazing like 
I can just relax and go with this. I don't have to freak out and like fight this. I just, it was like all happening the way it was supposed to. And, um, and so even when I got to those points where it felt like my body was wanting to push itself, I would just like let my breath work with the contractions. And, um, and so actually I didn't know this, but I ended up birthing her head out and I had no idea. And they were like, they didn't tell me. I heard them whisper. <laughs> I think my midwife said to me, like, could you give just one little push? And I, I said, mm-mm. <laughs> because I remember being like, I think they were saying that her head's out, but they want me to push, but I'm not contracting right now, so I'm going to wait. <laughs> and so I waited for that next contraction and just breathed her body out. And then... Um, and then she was born. And so, mm. like, I remember thinking, I can't believe this just happened because, you know, with birth number one and birth number two, I so felt that ring of fire like nothing <laughs> but ever before in my life. And so I just thought, what a miracle for her head to come out and me have no idea and to mm. never experience a ring of fire and to never have any pain, like, at the peak of the birth, like, I just was like shocked and we actually didn't find out the gender of our baby uh, for that pregnancy. And so, um, you know, she it was a girl and she was born mm -hmm. and they handed her to, to me cause I kind of was like in a whole nother world still. <laughs> um, and then they were like, it, it's your baby. Look. And I didn't even like think to look what gender it was. Cause I was just so <laughs> amazed. Like, I don't even know how this just happened to me. Like, it was like a gift. Like, it was almost like I couldn't even control what came over me to like allow for something that like precious and that relaxing and smooth to happen. Like, it's like I didn't, you know, I went through like some mental and emotional and spiritual and physical preparation for labor and birth, but it was almost like I, that was just a gift. Like I couldn't mm -hmm. have controlled everything that would have happened to lead to that point and so I just was so grateful and stunned by that experience and so then we saw it was a girl and um everyone was just amazed like I can't believe that just happened like you were <laughs> smiling and worshiping and your hands were up and I'm like ah I can't believe it either like I, <laughs> I am also in shock <laughs> So yeah, that's kind of how that played out. So yeah, amazing. Wow. It really is. I mean, that is incredible. It's incredible that, you know, I, I just think about how you talked previously about that dark season that you were in and finally having to accept grace and recognize grace for what it was and that it was a gift. And then, you know, it's like that played out in your birthing experience as well. You know, you, oh, totally. you accepted that and you, you had this grace-filled birth. So it was like a redemption birth, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, this is like redemption for everything that you've just gone through. And like, almost like, thank you for being faithful and following through, Laura. Here's this special birth. And so it was just incredible. And I, like, I remember at one point I, I talked to my sister-in-law yesterday because I was like, you know, I kind of want to like talk about the birth since I'm going to be talking about it. It's just not something I've talked with many people about and like the details of it. And 
And so she was there for most of the birth until she actually was born. She had to go pick up her son. But um, I was on my bed upstairs crying at one point um, during labor. And so Emily thought, you know, like, why is she crying? Is it because she's in pain? Like, is she hurting? And then she like overheard me saying to my midwife, like, I'm just, I'm so, I feel so loved. And I just can't believe that this is even happening right now. I'm just so grateful that y'all are here. And like, I'm so grateful with how this is going. And I just remember, I was like, so emotionally brought to tears through my labor, just of like, I just can't even believe this. Like, this is a gift. And like, I was just, I was stunned. So anyway, it was amazing. It, and like, I know like, like it's it. possible for everybody. Like, it's just like this gift. And, um, and that's why I think I was hesitant to like share it with just whoever, because like when I would sh- start to share things like that, I almost thought like people would be like, she's not telling the truth. Like mm. that didn't happen. Like you had a painful birth and you're just saying right. it didn't happen. But like, I was just like, oh man, like this happened and I have witnesses that were there. So <laughs> They can tell anyway. you. <laughs> they can tell you for sure. So, oh yeah. gosh. Laura, that is, I mean, that is sacred. And the fact that you were willing to come and share all of it, you know, you shared the difficult and then the beauty that followed. I, I know that this is going to be so appreciated by so many listeners. I I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and sharing your stories with us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm so like, I just, I hope that like with this type of thing, like I don't want people to hear it and think, think, well, that was nice for her. Like that's not possible for me. It's almost like anything is possible and you can't put limitations on what you think, you know, like because of your past experiences, this means I can't do this or this means that's not for me. It's like you have to, you know, create that space and let go to make something new happen and And just like, like I said, there were certain aspects for me that I thought, I don't even know if that's possible, but I'm going to like hope for that desire for it and pray for it. And it happened. (laughs) So it's like anything is possible. So. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Laura. You are so welcome. Wow. What a beautiful and inspiring podcast episode. And as we head into today's episode roundup, I really want to focus on one aspect that Laura mentioned more than once, in fact, and that's this idea of creating space. You know, one thing that I've noticed is the general climate around birth is typically negative. And a lot of times people obsess over their fears of birth. Understandably so, like I said, the climate is pretty negative. So even when we have a positive outlook of birth, we do have to constantly focus on creating space. There's not going to be room for positivity if we've got all of this negativity lying around. So constantly reminding ourselves of the beauty of birth, the positivity of birth, the amazing experience that we can have and really creating space to have that experience. So it's so beautiful to hear that that's what Laura did. And then in the end, that's what she received. And of course, as we've discussed many a time, 
birth looks so many different ways. And there is, of course, only so much that we can do, but we can put effort towards having a beautiful, incredible, spiritual, and hey, maybe even pain-free childbirth experience. That's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for tuning into the Happy Home Birth Podcast, and I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast. 